the second thing that the days of Elijah represent is how the Spirit, everybody say the word how. How the Spirit is gonna move on the earth. So in order to find that out, you have to look at the miracles of Elijah. Okay, take a guess. How many miracles do you think Elijah did? How many miracles do you think the Bible records that he did? Anybody wanna guess? 60, that's a good number. All right, that's a good number. All right, anybody else a good number? What? The Bible only, only records eight. All right, so some of you are really close. 60 sounds more like Elijah, doesn't it? But the Bible only records, now that does not mean he didn't do 60 miracles, but the Bible only records eight miracles, eight new beginnings. Abijah, the eighth order of the priest. You're gonna start seeing the Lord connecting these dots. So you have to look at the eight miracles of Elijah to see what the spirit and power of Elijah on the earth is going to do. Now, I'm gonna give you a reference. I'm just gonna give you all eight of these and then I'm gonna give you a reference. You can find all of these in the book of 1 Kings chapter 17 and 18. And then you can also find them in 2 Kings chapter one and chapter two. All right, so everything I'm gonna tell you is found in those four chapters. So here's the first one, the, the, the first miracle of Elijah. There we go, they're on the screens right there for you. The first one is he causes the rain to cease for three and a half years. Mark that one, we're gonna talk about that. Why three and a half years? He causes the rain to cease for three and a half years. The second one is the miracle of the barrel of meal and the cruise of oil. The third one is the resurrection of the widow's son. The fourth one is calling fire from heaven on the altar. The, fourth one, the fifth one, rather, is causing it to rain. So he stopped the rain, then he caused back the rain. And then calling fire from heaven upon 50 soldiers. Then calling fire down from heaven again upon another 50 soldiers. And then he, finally he parted the Jordan when he and Elisha walked across. All right, so that's at the very end, right before he was taken to heaven by the, the whirlwind, and the two of them were separated by the chariot of fire. Okay, so these are the eight miracles that the Bible records that Elijah did. Now, notice this. Two of these miracles have to do with rain. Two of them. One, he stops the rain. The second one, he calls back the rain. But there is a period in between of three and a half years. What does that represent? Somebody tell me how long Jesus ministered on the earth. Three and a half years. He said, here's the Holy Spirit, and then you don't need the working of the Holy Spirit when Jesus is here. And then after the ministry of Jesus is completed, he called it back again to prophesy the ministry of Jesus on this earth, which is the former reign and the latter reign. And that is why the Bible uses this terminology. He stopped the former reign and he called back the latter reign because he's letting us know that the ministry of Elijah is about the rains of God falling and rains represent a moving of the Holy Spirit that opens the opens up the floodgates of heaven and pour out blessings you cannot even contain or the windows of heaven and opens up blessings that you cannot even contain. So when you talk about rain, you're talking about the moving of the Holy Spirit on the earth. So this is prophesying the ministry of Jesus and the former rains and the latter rains. So the second miracle 
miracle was the provision for the widow and her son. Now notice this, a miracle barrel of meal and cruise of oil also lasted three and a half years, by the way, during the famine. So he has the, the miracle of provision. Everybody say provision. So part of the outpouring, what did Malachi say? You're gonna go out how? Like stall-fed calves. So what the Lord says is when it comes time for the church to do everything that God's called us to do, you're not going to lack for whatever you need. Now, this is not about getting rich. This is not about, you know, I, I don't wanna, I'm not, I'm not trying to downgrade anybody, but this is not just so you can tear down your barns and build greater and say to my soul, take thy needs. It's not about that. It's not just about naming something that you want and, and, and you get it everything. No, this is about having enough to do the will of God in the last days, but God is going to bring miracle resources. I personally believe that the wealth of the wicked are going to be stored up in the barns of the righteous and God's people are going to flourish and the kingdom is going to flourish. I believe the best business deals are about to come to the kingdom. I believe the best blessings are about to come to the kingdom. I believe that we're already seeing God's favor upon the church and upon the kingdom, and we're going to see provision. So the first one is about the Holy Spirit being poured out. The second one tells us that God is going to bring provision, and that lines up right with Malachi, what Malachi said was going to happen in the last days. Now, the next one I want to come back to in a minute. It's about the resurrection of the widow's son. So I want to come back to that one in just a moment. So here's the, 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 the next three have to do with him calling fire down from heaven, okay? So three times he miraculously, how many of you know you can't call fire from heaven? You make fire on the earth, right? You strike a match, you, 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 get, your, you get your wood together, you, however you start it, but you don't call fire from heaven. So this cannot be an earthly fire, this has to be a supernatural fire. So he's talking about a move of God that's gonna come three times because he calls down three fires from heaven three times. The first one is on an altar. When did that one happen? That one happened on the day of Pentecost because on the day of Pentecost, Jesus had just died on the cross, which is the ultimate altar of all of mankind. That's where our sins got forgiveness. It got forgiven. That was the symbol of the brazen altar when Jesus died upon the cross and rose from the dead. So the first time he called down fire, he said, you're gonna see the fire of God fall right after the altar, right after the altar. And that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. But then he showed us in an illustration that the fire is gonna fall two more times. When the world was wicked, it's gonna fall on how many men? Somebody tell me how many? 50 men, does that sound familiar to anybody? Does 50 have any significance? Does it sound like jubilee? Does it sound like when captives are set free and their debts are paid? Does it sound like going out with blessing? He showed us that there's gonna be two more jubilees. There's gonna be two more times when it looks like the world is wicked, but the fire of God is gonna fall from heaven. We've already seen the fire of Pentecost and now we have seen the fire of God go around the world at Azusa Street, but everybody say there's one more left. 
There is one more left. I'm waiting on another Azusa. I'm waiting on another Pentecost. I'm waiting on the final flight of Noah's dove. There is one more time that the fire of God is going to fall from heaven and invade this earth. And it's not going to be kindled by the hands of men. It is going to be coming from heaven. It will be a supernatural fire that is called down. Hallelujah. That's why you need to prophesy. That's why you need to pray. He called it down. He called it down. He called it down. And that's what's happening as we're praying and seeking God. So Elijah, the ministry of Elijah is telling us that there's three times that the fire of God is going to fall from heaven. Now the next one that he gives us is the parting of the Jordan. Now you have to understand that the parting of the Jordan was this dividing line between God's people and promise or between the earth and promise. It separated them from the wilderness and led them into the Canaan land. The Jordan is the dividing line. So God says, it's gonna, there's gonna come a time when the days of Elijah that you're gonna have to draw the line. All this playing around, and let me, can I just get real with you for a moment? All this one foot in the world and one foot in church is not gonna cut it anymore. All this sleeping with whoever you want to and watching porn and living however you want to, and then you wanna come and sing on the praise team, that's not gonna cut it anymore. All this loose living and jumping around, God's looking for more than a jump. He said, I would that men everywhere would lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. God is gonna require a dedication from the body of Christ. He is going to require holiness from the body of Christ. He's going to require a dedication of people that are walking in covenant with him. So get ready for the line to be drawn. You're not going to walk in the glory. You're not going to see the fire fall. If you're dancing with the world on Saturday and dancing with the church on Sunday, it's just not going to happen that way. This is going to be a divine work. It's going to be a holy work. The glory of God is coming to this earth. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So the last one that I want to point out is the one that I didn't mention earlier, number three, the resurrection of the widow's son. Okay, this days of Elijah is tied directly to that miracle. It is the only miracle Elijah did where he turned the hearts of the fathers to the sons and turned the hearts of the son back to the father. It's the only miracle they did like that. The rest of these were fire falling, but this resurrection of this little boy. Now, I'm gonna go ahead and give you a spoiler alert. I'm gonna tell you who this little boy is. And if you don't believe me, you can go to, you can go to jewishencyclopedia.com and it gives you all the history. This little boy is the prophet Jonah. The same, John, somebody said, what? Yep, that's Jonah, the one that got swallowed by the well. His mother was the widow of Zarephath. So you need to understand this. He's not just resurrecting a child. He is resurrecting a revival. Because Jonah was only given one assignment in his lifetime, and that was to go to the Assyrian Empire. The Assyrian Empire was Nineveh. 
He had to go to the largest empire in the world and preach until revival fell and revival fell from the king on down in the city of Nineveh. He was not just resurrecting a widow's son. He was resurrecting a prophecy and resurrecting a prophet and resurrecting a revival that he was bringing forth. Without this moment, the revival would have never come to the Assyrian Empire. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you and God bless you. And may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word. I don't have time to go into all that, but go Jewish Encyclopedia, look it up. You'll find out that Jonah's mother was the widow of Zarephath. It gives you his father's name, the lineage. His father was a sailor. It gives you the whole story, how he got killed and everything. So this is Jonah the prophet. Now get this. So here is Elijah. He's about to do a miracle. Let's go back to the, let's go back to the, the altar, first of all. And I want somebody to tell me how many times he drenched the altar with water. You might remember that? You got it. I heard that. Say it again. Three. That's right. Not one, not two. Three times he brings the water and douses it on the altar three times to let us know that not only is the fire going to fall three times, there's going to be three outpourings. And this is a supernatural outpouring because even though they're pouring it from a bucket, it's being poured on an altar that's about to set on fire. And when God brings the fire from heaven, it licks up not only the dust, it licks up the, the, the rocks and licks up all the water. The Bible says there's no water left. He wanted them to know that no man man's hands could create this fire. He wanted them to know that this could not be manipulated. It could not be, it could not be superimposed. There is no Photoshop in the fire. I want to tell you, this is not going to be somebody's, somebody spooking you on, uh, on TV with uh, some camera trick. He wanted them to know that I'm pouring water on it three times because three different times the power of the Holy Spirit will be poured out. It's going to be poured out on Pentecost and in Azusa and one more time to herald the coming of the Lord as the forerunner of Jesus. It's coming another time. Hallelujah. See, so poured it out on three times. Now, remember that story because I'm going to get into the resurrection of this little boy, but remember the story of, of why he poured that water out three times. What was he doing there? Anybody remember? He was going to kill 800 prophets of Baal who were employed by who? Jezebel. So he is there to overthrow the spirit of Jezebel and he is pouring out the spirit, of, he is pouring out the water, prophesying of the outpourings, the future outpourings of the Lord and the fire that would fall from the Lord. He's doing that to overthrow the spirit of Jezebel. So one of the things that you're going to see 
and God's going to do it, you don't have to worry about how you're going to do it because you're not going to do it. You're going to see when the spirit and power of Elijah starts operating in the church, you're going to see the spirit of Jezebel exposed and you're also going to see the spirit of Jezebel falling. You're going to see controlling spirits leaving. You're going to see a liberty in the body of Christ unlike anything you've ever seen. You're going to see joy return to the body of Christ. You're going to see peace in the church again. You're going to see it because God is coming after Jezebel himself with the spirit and power of Elijah. Now you say, can that happen? Can, can that really happen in America? What was Jezebel most known for? Why was the reason she was so hated? You know why? She was the baby killer. She was so hated because she was the one that brought in Molech. She is the one that caused the children of Israel to toss their babies in the fire of Molech and sacrifice their babies in the Nile River. She was the baby killer. And you're going to see the spirit and power of Elijah begin to operate when you start seeing God reversing things that kill babies. And I want to tell you, we've just witnessed something like that in our country. Go ahead and put that up there, guys. We've just witnessed something like that when Roe versus Wade was overturned. We witnessed that God is coming after. God is going to do it all by himself. Listen, this is a big moment for the body of Christ. Somebody needs to rejoice. This was not done by happenstance. This is a sign from the Lord that he's moving in the land. Hallelujah. Why now? After all these years, why now? After all this time, why now? When the world is in chaos, our economy is bottomed, we are paying triple for food, and the gas prices are off the charts, why now? Because God wants you to know that he's heard the voice crying in the wilderness. He has heard the voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, and God is answering the prayers of his people. God is coming after the Jezebel spirit. So that the people of God can live in freedom. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jezebel was not only killing the baby, she was also killing the teenagers and the young people and turning them into slaves. Well, we also saw something that defended them as well. It took a long time for this to happen, but I am so thrilled that the Supreme Court ruled in favor of Coach Kennedy, who was fired for praying where? At the 50-yard line. Does that sound familiar? Is that just coincidental that he was praying at the 50-yard line? And you know what? He prayed there, get this, he prayed there for eight years before they stopped him. Oh, that's just a coincidental. It just happened to be the 50, you believe whatever you want to believe. It just happened to be the 50-yard line. It just happened to be in a state called Washington. It just happened to be in a, in a school district. It just happened to be, and you know why they stopped him? Because he was praying there by himself for eight years, and then his 
teammates started joining him and that's when the rubber met the road and that's when they let him go because they didn't want the students. The parents started complaining because the students started praying with him and the Supreme Court justice said, this man has the right to pray in his own time on the 50 yard line or wherever he wants to pray and now because of that, there is freedom coming back to the high schools of this nation. Hallelujah. Another win for the body of Christ. Another win for the body of Christ. God says, when the spirit and power of Elijah comes, I'm gonna go after things you have no control over. This is a supernatural work of the Lord and I'm gonna do it all by myself. So here is the great Elijah, the man that can call fire from heaven, the man that in 62 words, called fire from heaven, 62 words called fire from heaven. The man that can stop the rain in one prayer and call it back when all he sees is the cloud, the span of a man's hand. And by the way, the little boy that saw that cloud, guess who it was? Same guy, same Jonah, same John. He's, he is now following Elijah around. He, his daddy is dead. When Elijah raised him, his heart was turned toward the prophet as his father. And Elijah had no children. His heart was turned toward him as a son. And he began to raise up another prophetic generation in that relationship there. So the little boy that sees the cloud, the span of a man's hand, is also the same prophet Elijah that gets swallowed by the well later on. So understand this. So here is the great prophet Elijah. Elijah. I mean, he can stop the rain in a prayer, call down fire in a prayer, but this little boy seems to be a challenge. He, he doesn't get it done in the first prayer. He stretches over him and prays, and nothing happens. And he stretches over him and prays, and nothing happens. But the third time, he had to do three stretches, just like he had to call down fire three times, just like he had to put water on the sacrifice three times, he has to do three stretches to resurrect another generation. And he took the child, guess where all this happened? Anybody wanna guess where it happened? The Bible tells you it happened in, I, I think we've got that, I think you ought to read this for yourself. This is just too exciting. All right, so look in 1 Kings 17, and he stretched himself out over the child three times. Everybody say three times. This is so important. The first moving of the Holy Spirit, the next moving of the Holy Spirit, the final moving of the Holy Spirit to do what? To resurrect a generation, to resurrect a young man who's gonna bring revival to the Lamb. He said, oh Lord, my God, I pray let this child's soul come back to him. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back to him and he was revived. Look at verse 23. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from where? I know that's just coincidental, right? I mean, that just couldn't really mean anything, right? Why did God let that happen in an upper room? Why not out in the backyard? Why not in the kitchen table? I mean, the little boy's dead, but the Lord says, I don't do anything but with mistakes. I'm trying to get a message to the people. I want them to know it's been written by my own hand. Take him to an upper room. And when you come down, say this to his mother, 
the boy lives. Say that to his mother. There has been a resurrection. Your son lives. And I want to say to every mother and father who is worried if your children are going to make heaven or hell. You're worried if your children are going to make the rapture and you have agonized over it. But I come tonight in the spirit and power of Elijah to prophesy to you from an upper room. The boy lives. I don't care what they're doing tonight. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. I don't care what they're, who they're sleeping with tonight. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. I don't care what they're addicted to tonight. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. The spirit and power of Elijah is coming back to this earth. There is another move of God and he's coming after our children and our children's children. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand his kingdom around the world.